such a pro. He got me a hat. You have a hat? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me. How much money did your parents give you? <laughs> That's for you, Mr. Freed. Dude, I can't tell you how thankful I am. This is so cool. I just figured you've been doing, you know, podcasts, dating podcasts. I've been benefiting from your advice. Oh. Via the I, show. I'm like, I got to give back to Mr. Dude, Freed. thank you so much. I hope you aren't a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Right, right. Um, all right, I'm ready. What are, you, are we still oh, taping? Okay. Uh, we're going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't say anything <laughs> awful, did I? Uh, no. This is amazing, dude. Well, I'm yeah, uh, stoked you like it. So you knew me from you up yeah and you're you started this podcast this is episode 14 so it's... you're really taking a chance on me here at the early <laughs> days of Nick fancast yeah so what gets you into this i i, I don't yeah. mean to interview you on your own show and i'm sure no. the listeners already know this story so i don't want to all 12 listeners know this yes but um, i'm bringing people over too yeah yeah uh so Essentially, I had this van that I was really looking forward to traveling and climbing and doing the adventure life How or whatever. How old are you? 28. 28? Were yeah. you working in something else? Yeah. Well, no, I currently work for a hospital doing video photo stuff. And so when I started that job, I'm like, I got to figure out a way to still use the van to do stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to do what are you? What video and photo stuff could you do for a hospital? Uh, it's like marketing. So it's a public hospital. It's okay. like, hey, guys, come to this public hospital. We're not the worst. You know, okay. Highlighting and the good research there and stuff like got that. Got it. And and you can do that remote? No, I work in an office. How, so <laughs> So this is a weekend van? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That well, really that lifestyle kind of speaks to me a little bit more than the mm. I live in my fucking van lifestyle. Yes, I don't shower. I don't have a shower, so I don't shower in this, you know, whatever. Yeah. I have a studio that I live in. So okay, in Santa Cruz. In Cupertino. Where's the, I don't even know. Cupertino, oh, that's where the Apple. phones are from. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to work at the Apple store, actually. Holy uh, Cupertino is like an hour south of San Francisco. Okay. Less. less. Going to see you in San Francisco, too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, okay. You see that I'm coming. You're like, let's get in the van. And that's kind of the lifestyle. Let's jump in the van and go somewhere cool this weekend. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you know, this is cool, but I... I uh, I wanted to do something different, and I yeah. was like, I had this idea for a podcast. I have solar hooked up, and I was like, all this stuff kind of, it just fit together. I got the mics, I yeah. got the cameras, and then it's like, oh, it's a thing now. And I wanted to interview people who I thought were inspiring, doing cool stuff. Cool. Uh, it didn't matter what profession. You know, it was, you know, athletes or, you know, comedians. Mm -hmm. You're my second comedian, actually. Who's the first? Uh, his name's Jeff Applebaum. He okay. is also living in the Bay Area, but he's from New York. Okay. Um, because that's where you live now, right? Yeah, I live in New York. Um, when he came on, he said, uh, what is, what's, what's this called? Um, Nick's Creepy Van Pod? I was like, oh, thanks. No, he's, he's a good guy, though. No, dude, this is um, this is a beautiful thing. Like, I think it's cool. Like, this is like, now when you put it that way, I, I think you have everything has to be explained. You know, yes. like, this is what we do as people. We go, I, I call it FTG mode. Where if like someone approaches you with their thing or says hello or you're introduced to someone, I think most people's first move is that guy. <laughs> you know, like, okay. and that could be for anything. That's hyper, you know, the, the hypothetical guy. Like, it could be, you know, uh, yeah, I'm living in, you know, I have my van where I do my podcast on my van. That's, yeah. You know, and people, and then you go, and then you walk it back. You go, okay, I'm not a kid. And then you go, well, how does this all work? And now you're like, yeah, I, I got my apartment in Cupertino, or in yeah. Cupertino. I got the van in the in the in the parking lot. I go somewhere on the weekend. 
Let's, uh, I want to go see, you know, I want to go to LA, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway. You must be seeing parts of the world that you may not have seen. Yeah, yeah, and the cool thing is you park anywhere and you open the door and, you know, it's a Walmart parking lot usually. Yeah, sure. Or it's something beautiful, you know. So you can go to, like, campgrounds and stuff. Like, that's yeah. got to be a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Or you just kind of stealth camp in someone's neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it gets into the creepy land. Now, if you, what about the TikTok stuff? Like, I'm aware yeah. of van life because of TikTok. Mm, like, that was yeah. the first TikTok that I would stop on. Like, for whatever reason, my TikTok, it'll be, like, Disney people. I don't know why. <laughs> I think because, and it's also Marvel stuff because I love the Marvel movies. Okay. So maybe that's where I get the Disney stuff from. And then it was, in the beginning, it was van people because they would capture views that were, like, like it what I did understand, like open the door, mountain cliff, coffee, steam coming off the coffee, they're cooking outside. It does seem nice, but it also seems like I don't have the ability to do that. Again, like anything, like anything on social media, that all is so curated. Mm -hmm. Because if they turn that camera on, they, you are going to see the pee jar, right? You're going to see all the stuff you can The pee do. jar, the, where, the jar you, with, with which you pee. I thought that was like jargon. You guys, you and Alec were like, yeah, I got the pee jar, pee jug. And I was like, oh, that must be like, you know, uh, where they do their computer stuff. No, that's where they literally pee into a jar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, it's like very uh, romanticized. You yes. Know, it's uh, not like anything. Awesome. Right. It's... Look at someone's relationship on Instagram. You know, that, yes. you know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think that, uh, you know, it's not something that I'm trying to do to like get famous or whatever. It's really something where I'm like, I wouldn't have had just this random opportunity to be like, hey, Jared, you want to sit down for an hour and just tell me about yourself? <laughs> it's like I get this cool opportunity to talk to people I really think are awesome and fascinating. Yeah, man. I um, when people ask me about starting a podcast, I, I'm always like, um, you got to have a show. And then I'm like, you also have to envision yourself doing it a year from now. Mm. Like. You know, everyone's like, I'm going to do it. It was the same when the blogs got, you know, you know, people started blogging and people were like, well, I should start a blog about my dating life. And it's like, do you want to talk about that for a year? And and I, you know, the, someone would be like, well, Jared, you do a podcast about dating. I'm like, yeah, the, the questions come to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like about, it's not, I'm not sitting there being like, let me tell you my story from the week, you know, like, so um, you know, so something like this where you're like, I like doing this. Those are the podcasts that usually, you know, mm -hmm. fare well and do and have people want to be a part of it. Yeah. As opposed to people saying, I think that I enjoy comedy. So I'm going to try to do mm -hmm. a comedy podcast. And yeah. You, and they and they start it. And you see that they have two. And the last one was published a year ago. Yeah. It's like they fall off. You got to be consistent. Passionate. I hate that. Yeah. I, and especially because people get into these things, you know, like you want to, you know, for me, when I first started doing comedy, I was a uh, very... Um, you have to like protect um, how it's perceived. I don't know. Is that how, what I, how I want to put it? You have to protect that it is a job and something you do. So like I remember when I started, you're making no money. You, people don't know who you are. I'm like, I'm going to write something that gets released every Thursday. And then the podcast starts. I'm like, it's going to come out every Tuesday. And nobody's... There's no boss like, where's the podcast, Jared? You know, there's no, yeah. you know, but you, if I didn't keep my, I had to be my own boss and go, if you don't do it, what are you doing anyways? You know, like, yeah. what what are you doing if you're not producing every week? So, yeah. and then on top of that, doing stand up at night. So like stand up was always like, kind of like my, this thing that I'm molding, mm. you know, this, like this thing that I'm growing. It's like a, a, a plant that I'm watering every day. 
and you know, uh, and hoping it becomes a tree. And then while I was doing it, keeping busy writing and putting out things to the internet and that the wild west of the internet and seeing who can connect with it so that one day when they go, I got to see him when he comes to my town. You know, I got to see what this guy does. And then, you know, nowadays, you know, stand up, a lot of the comics are putting out minute clips. Like that's a big thing. To me, uh, you know, you see people that just aren't ready to put those out yet. I mean, if I was two years in a comedy, I'd be putting out the minute clips too. But to me, that's throwing uh, a penny into a well and making a wish. Mm, because okay. you're, because then let's say one video pops off. You be, it, it, and, and now you get 10,000 people following you. you nice. That was a minute of your material. Do you have an hour on top of that to do when you go to their town? Yeah. You know, like, and... What, what are they gonna are they gonna come the next time you come? Is that a career? You know, like I I, I you have to think and, and that's like the problem with like TikTok and social media is like you see on TikTok people do the same thing every day. Like they'll get one video that pops off and it'll be and I, I I'm like repeating myself, I've said this a bunch, but it's like your video about you complaining about your dating your date yeah. pops off and then what are you gonna do tomorrow? The next, uh, I'm yeah. gonna do another bad dating story, and then I'm gonna do another bad dating story. Yeah. And then I'm, let me take your submissions with your bad dating stories. Now yeah. you're the bad dating story person. Yeah, and it's like that's not a career. That's that's you know that's one that's a one off. You know, to me, but, it's chasing that feeling of I got ten thousand likes. I'm gonna right? try to get ten thousand likes again. And, and, but, nope. and again, that, that is currency in a certain yeah. aspect. But I don't think the currency matters unless you have the base to. You know, take those ten thousand likes and hey, here's my other thing, and here's the podcast, and here's and here's the stand-up show, and they're all good. Are they yeah. good? You know, are they edible? You know? Yeah. You don't have a boss saying you got to do this, you got to do this, and so a big reason why I wanted to do this to talk to people who are doing those things when nobody's telling them to do it. They're turning their passion into career. I think you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. A bunch of obviously tons of people know who you are. Can you just give a quick intro? A quick, I'm sorry, I never shut no. the fuck up. <laughs> I, I, I totally ran. Rail, I'm, so, I'm just amazed by everything you have here. I'm Jared Freed. I'm a comedian. I live in New York. I have podcasts. I yell at charcuterie, and I do stand-up, and um, I yell at The Bachelor as well. I do a lot of yelling. I never shut the fuck up. As you can see, <laughs> I totally took over uh, Nick's fan cast, and I'm apo- let me apologize for that. So I uh, Apologize? This is your show. No, I'm, I, this I, is your I, home I, today. I can't believe believe how professional you are this is such a great i i am truly impressed thank you well yeah. welcome to the professional band cast <laughs> now we're going to talk very serious yeah no right we'll, uh welcome to california by the way i love california yeah you're from boston right living in new york i'm from outside of boston um a su- suburb called needham and my parents have now moved down to Florida to Boca. So, like, uh, some people think I'm from Boca now because I take a lot of videos from there. Um, they're like the Northeast Jews that moved to Florida. Like, they're like, <laughs> it's like going into a Seinfeld episode there. And I've been living in New York since 2007. Um, I was selling life insurance and annuities and trying to figure out my life as most 22 to 20, you know, to the rest of your life people. Yeah. From 22 to death is uh, just trying to figure it out. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, the best part of my day was making friends laugh. And mm. as hokey and stupid as that sounds, that's what I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed talking on the phone with my friends and bantering and ball busting. Like, I like talking and being fun and... 
I was like, how do I do that? How do I inject that drug into my veins every day? And it, that's kind of turned into me just, and, and that's why like people are always like, um, a lot of people think, they're like, you put out so much stuff. I do put out a lot of stuff. And, and because I, it is my life. I'm, I'm putting my, this is what I like doing every day. I don't have any, it, to me it's not stuff. You know, like it's not, it's not content. You know, like I, I don't, I hear these, now you, people are very aware I just wanted to do stand-up. I just wanted to do stand-up, and I wanted to go on the road, and I wanted to go to Sacramento, and I wanted to do Nick's Van Cast. Like I, I, <laughs> the end goal. This is this is the goal. No, this was the goal, and I, I, I referenced this piece of advice that wasn't even given to me, um, but it was given to someone else from a comic named Kyle Kinane, who's very famous and a great comic. And I, I've never even met this guy, but I've repeated his advice so many times. And it's you know, stand-up is the prize. You get to do stand-up if you do all the other. Sh- so it's like a lot of jobs are that a lot. of If you like your job, you like probably you probably like one or two th- aspects of it or one thing you get to do sales presentations, closing the deal. So if you enjoy your career, you and this is the thing, again, the Instagram thing you talked about, you see the the, the romanticized version mm-hmm. and you don't see all the sh- behind it. So like I like doing po- I like doing podcasts, I like doing stand up. But I lo- I mean I love doing stand up. You know, so like I love like a good show, a good hour of material where the whole room is rocking and everyone's on the same page. Like that is the prize. Now, to get that prize, you got to wake up and tape the ads for your podcast and you got to <laughs> you got to answer the DM from someone that goes, "Hey, what time? What's uh, what time's your show tonight? What time should we show up?" And you got to, you know, deal with people on Instagram going, "Not even fucking funny." And like you it, all that garbage um is to get this one pearly thing that you, you that you want. And I think that's true for every career that people enjoy. When someone says, "I love my job." They like one they like one thing they get from it. And and sometimes that's money. You know, sometimes yeah. they just like seeing the paycheck and and that's okay too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Does that sustain a person if they are doing something that they semi like and the pay is good? How long can that really last? Well, if money gets you off, it can last forever. That's true. That's true. You know, that's the thing. We there's no good and bad in the world. There's bad, but I'm saying like when you like something, it, it, when I, I say it on the U.S. podcast with dating, I'm, I've been working on a bit about this where it's like you, the, you know, you see all these like to me they're snake oil salesmen. They're on the internet. Telling Telling you the rules to this. Here's the rules. Here's the rules. Here's the rules to dating. Here's the. There's no rules. There's be a good person, try your best, and trust your feelings. Mm. That's the rules. Be a good person, try your best, and trust your feelings. And sometimes we fail at being. We'd like to be better people. You know, we'd like to be. We'd like to act better the next time. Like you hear about people ghosting. I don't think a ghoster in most is an evil person. I think that's a person who's dealing with their own. And probably doesn't want to ghost someone. Mm. I don't think they entered a relationship to. And listen, that's not to say that maniacs aren't out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. There's people that are like, well, I'm going to get in and ghost, you know, fucking ghost. Yeah. And it's like, sure, I, I, I admit that those people are out there. But I do think most people are like just uncomfortable with, you know, uh, something that's very difficult. Hey, I think you're, you know, and but if you trust your feelings, you know, you're going to be right every time. You know, you'll be okay. Trust your heart. Absolutely. So I want to go back to, you know, your entry into comedy. You're selling insurance. 
when is it this moment when you go, I'm going to switch and I'm going to do this path instead? Did you have to say, I got to wait until I have enough content or the idea got to be I, perfect? I, no, no, no. I, I went right in. I, yeah. I, I want it. Here's, I'm very lucky. Um, I have very supportive family. I had like, you know, some bar mitzvah money saved up where I could like, attack this and listen not everyone's as lucky as i am i and i was like you know i started writing and submitting articles and you know i was just like let's do this this, this is it i i'm gonna be funny for money that was my the, that was the opening goal and i didn't know what that meant because i'm not like a i didn't wake i didn't wake you know watch every stand-up special growing up i i like stand-up but i wasn't like i didn't like i wasn't like a stand-up fanboy mm, okay so i liked like, like my favorite stand-up special was Kevin James, Sweat the Small Stuff, which is on YouTube. Great special. Still works today. But I'm like a Kevin James fan. I loved he was physical. It was my type of comedy. But, like, I like, you know, I like SNL. I like, I like uh, sketch, you know, stuff. I like, I, and I, I remember saying to my dad and mom, I was just like, I don't know what it is, but if it's writing greeting cards, I'll be happier than I was yesterday. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed about myself is I'm a lazy person until I want something. Mm. And then I'm not lazy at all. So, and it's been with everything. And I'm sitting at a job that I was like, I was like, I felt like I was walking through molasses. It just felt like I couldn't get up. And I didn't like the feeling. I wanted to like chase. I, I remember playing high school football. I wasn't good, but I was really loved playing high school football. I loved playing Pop Warner. I played my whole life. And I really loved playing. And I remember when I was a sophomore, the, the freshman had to play with the freshman. And then I was a sophomore, and you practice with the varsity and JV practice together. It's one big crew, and then they split to varsity and JV. And there was scout team. And I'm like, scout team? They go, we need a scout defense. So it would be like the, the first... Offense, the actual varsity offense, the seniors, really. like, And you're a sophomore. They're, like, gigantic, you know, to you. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, if anyone wants to, you know, they were, at the end of practice, they'd be like, the, the, the first team has to practice their plays. So we need a defense that will come out here and do real live hitting. Like, we need you to make it tough on the offense. And they knew it wasn't going to be that tough because it's going to be your scrubs. These are – we're tackling dummies. We're people to run over. <laughs> But anyone could go. Anyone. Anyone could just jump up and go scout defense. So I would sprint out there every single time. First out there. People used to make fun of me. I would no, but I want to play. I want to show people that I'm better than any of these people. And I remember jumping out for scout defense and I and I think and I remember like um I was never lazy for that. You know, so I think of comedy that way too. You can just go to, I was like, you can just go to an open mic? That's Scout D. Mm. You know, like, I can just go to any open mic. I can go to as many as I want. And I can go to free ones. I can go to $5 ones. I can go to the, I can go to the one that's a music one. I, I can just run out there. I can sprint out there. And when I saw that with stand-up, that's what really attracted me. I can go out here and I can go. It's the most physical art form to me. It's a, you have to go out. You got to do it. You got to write. You got to listen. And you got to perform it. So, I was from the, for whatever reason, stand up spoke to me in that way. There was no person that was like, well, there wasn't like these casting people in stand up. You know, it wasn't like, well, I need one of these. It was just beef 
fucking funny. May, you know, go on scout. De- and I remember like when I was in high school, you go on scout defense. And I'm using this metaphor because it really spoke to me where it's like, if I, as a sophomore, I'd be way smaller than the seniors. If I made a play on the first team, the coach would go, who the fuck is this? Yeah, you may. They, they'd start yelling at the first team. You can't play against this guy who ran out here. You can't stop this sophomore that's making your life a living fucking hell during practice on a Wednesday. How are you going to do on game day? So with stand-up, that exists as well. You go to an open mic and you crush. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. Where'd this person come from? You go and then you get booked on a show that no one knows you. Who the fuck is this? It's always scout team. You know, you get to surprise people. You know, that kind of goes away when people start to know you. They come to you because and there's a different type of pressure. But that was like, I love that feeling of like, you know, when you crush and you could you could feel the movement with stand-up. Other stuff, you know, writing is different. Like if you're writing for TV or for a sketch show or for, you know, the monologue on Tonight Show, you know, that's a different type of feeling and that feels good i've i've helped write for other people and friends and it is uh it is cool but it's it's not the same as going and crushing a stand-up set absolutely that's dude that's so sick you really get to decide what you want to do and then just prove everybody wrong this is what i'm doing and being good at and it's funny because it's like that prove everybody wrong thing is like no one thinks that much of you you know like Mm. it is fun to imagine all these people cheering against you but that's not the case you know like everyone's doing their own life but i you know i did uh the tonight show that was and to me i wasn't in my bedroom watching you know jay leno going one day i'm gonna be on the tonight show no i started doing stand-up and i'm like that's a thing i gotta get that thing i gotta go on the tonight show that's where i'm gonna be the most that's where it is for me not conan not no the tonight show i was like and not colbert I know the people who watch that show are gonna like me that's what i want and then um it took a decade, you know, so it's uh, to do that, and it took ten over ten years of doing stand up to get that goal. And it's like in it, when you did it, it was like very validating personally. It didn't feel like I was proving anyone wrong. It felt like I was proving myself right. Yeah, you know, and like you said, it it's not overnight. It takes a decade, mm-hmm. and uh, we have the clip. I want to play it in a little bit, but um. Yeah, you, ten years prior to that, you go up and you do. Do you remember doing your first uh, open mic oh, or how you felt or horrible, <laughs> horrible? I didn't get a laugh for a month. The really? first month I did it, yeah, I was told go to this one called Penny's Open Mic, and Penny's was on uh, Saint Mark's Street in New York City. Saint Mark's is kind of like it's a van people street, like it's. A- <laughs> I feel personally yeah, attacked. No, no, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a yeah. very crunchy granola street in New York. And it's um someone told me it was so supportive. That was what they said. Go to this one. It's the most supportive open mic. Because it's not supportive at open mics. It's other people trying to get the same thing and they think they're in competition, which they're not. But I um and Penny used to take a bucket and you'd all put your name in it. And she'd pick out of the bucket. And when you got your name picked, you could go up to the list and sign up wherever you wanted. I didn't know at the time, but Penny fixed the bucket system. She would call her friends out. So her friends would get, you know, the most supportive place in New York. All these people, these free thinkers. They're oh, we'll put your name in the bucket. And then the top 10 people that got picked were the same people every week. So the top 10 
would go and fill out the first 10 spots because they're like, I want to do them. I can go home. So I, this is the first time I've done stand-up. I was like, I have to do it tonight. So my name gets picked like last. So I sign up for the, you know, number 40. Everyone's doing seven minutes. That adds up pretty quick. And I waited and I watched and, you know, there's people I met people that night that I met that I'm now friends with since, you know, Nimesh Patel, I met that night. He had been doing stand-up a year, and he already knew Penny, and he knew that it was fixed. And he was, he went up first. He kills and whatever. And then I'm waiting, 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 and I remember the person that went on before me just went up and screamed. Just screamed. Like, not the way I screamed. Like, oh. just like, no, like, just like, ah, like it was like avant-garde performance really? art type of weird Like Sam Kinison scream or? Not even talking. Just like, it oh. was like, because it, Penny's Open Mic is on St. Mark's. It was like, there were people that did other things. There was spoken word. There's comedy, mostly comedy at this open mic. But it was like, you know, someone would go strum a guitar, play a funny song. Okay. Like, it was all things. And this person went up and just screamed. And everyone was like, ooh, good, nice. That's great. <laughs> and then I go up and do my jokes that were my, whatever I thought was funny at the time. I tried to tell a story. Mm. And they just looked horrified. Like they just were like, "What is? Who? Is, why is he here?" Like, you, and I had this look that you know that I, I was kind of like I had the. It, it was before like straight white guy was like this punchline, mm. you know. Yeah. Like it yeah. Was, but you just saw it in their eyes that they hated me for thinking I should be. You know, it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as public, you know, and, yeah. and well said. At that time, um, and, but it, it was definitely like, who's this f- dude, bro? A bro was, bro was the word they used <laughs> before. Bro. Yeah, that was a little bit more coded. <laughs> but they were like, why is this bro here? Like this fratty tall. And I was like, I, I don't know, I'm just selling things that I thought my friends would like. And then, but you still like felt some sort of way because I feel like people, there's a certain type of person who would feel that and go, I never want to feel that way again. Well, I don't want to do this. I was told, I was given very good advice by a comedian that I legit paid money to give me advice. Mm. I said, I, I, the one thing that I'm happy that I did was to trust experts and experts come in all different forms. But I kind of noticed, especially with the internet, people are like, well, I'm the expert. I say it, so I am. And I remember when I worked in life insurance and selling, you know, life insurance and annuities, I felt a little lost. I felt like I didn't have anyone, like, take me under their wing. Like, I like I think that's like a, I don't know, I, I think we all think that's going to happen when we get out of college. Although there'll be some old soul who take me in and think that I got it. Yeah. And no one did that. No one ever done that for me. So I, I hired someone to do that. I, I go here and I went to a comedy club. I watched the stand up set. I went up to a guy at the bar who now is a friend of mine. And he, I was so nervous. And he goes, You want to do stand up, don't you? And I go, I do. He goes, I go, I'm looking for someone who does personal coaching because I didn't want to do a class because I felt like a class. I just, I wanted to be able to ask any question I wanted. I didn't want to have to raise my hand. I didn't want to have to listen to the person that was going to tell me how it was, even though they were in the class with me. So he goes, I know a guy. And he hooked me up with this comic who had a, done a Comedy Central special. Hilarious guy. We're friends now. I, it's um, DC Benny. He's a good friend of mine. He's so funny. Like a, a an amazing storyteller. Like amazing. And I paid him for like personal coaching. And I, and I go to his house in Brooklyn. And before I'd even done it, 
And he goes, you got to go on stage. Go, and he's the one who's like, Benny's is good, very you know, supportive. It was like, yeah, little did he know that. Yeah fixing the bucket <laughs> he said to me he gave me good adv- two really good pieces of advice that i'll always remember he said don't drink for the first couple years hmm. before you go on stage it's a trap because you're gonna you're you just think it's funny and you're it's not killing and you're <laughs> gonna chase a dragon hmm. it'll be one drink that's how i get funny then it's two then it's three then it's four do it so you don't need it you can, you know, now I can have a drink before I go on stage. You know, it's a, uh, I don't like it. I don't want, I don't need it. It's not something, it, you want to not need it. Yeah. So. Like a crutch almost. <clears throat> it's a crutch and, and it's a crutch you don't need. And also it's just going to get out of control. It never goes well. Mm-hmm. So for the first few years, I never drank really before I went on stage ever. Um, and he also gave me the advice. He said, you're going to kill. Like everyone does well at some point, everyone. And he goes, if you, when you kill, do it until you kill. He, he it was basically the advice. I, that's the way I heard the advice, but he was like, do it until you kill. When you kill, um, if you don't feel as good as you've ever felt in your life, just stop doing standup. Right. It's not worth it. Yeah. Because then what's it all for? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, and you see these people that do stand up that like, they don't even enjoy it when they do well. Really? Why are they yeah. doing it? It's the hardest feel, way to. Well, they feel they make fe- money. Right? They feel stuck. <laughs> OK. They, they feel like they've been, you know, especially with the Internet, social media. We all have that where we go, you know, what's nice about you, Nick's van cast. You had to go out there and tell your friends, I'm starting a podcast. There's public embarrassment that, you know, yeah. people text each other we all know someone's oh, talking sh- now i'm thinking i didn't wasn't even thinking about that now <laughs> I don't, shut, shut the cameras off you have, you have an ex-girlfriend out there who's like i can't believe he started a podcast that's it that and i but i gotta live in in uh as you say the land of naivety yes the land of where naivety. she's going yeah. ah i should have stayed with nick well you get listen <laughs> i'm i'm i agree that's a better way to live but we have to admit you know yeah and so I think with a lot of people who do anything where they've m- made a vulnerable decision, you feel stuck in it. Mm. I think that that is a real thing. I think it happens with the relationships, you know, like, well, we have the Instagram pictures up. How can yeah. I got to delete them now? Like, that's part of your life. If I fail, I don't want people to think public, I fail. It's a public failure. Yeah, yeah. And and now that we all have these public, you know, everyone's a public person now. Yeah. Unless you're just off of that but that's a, um, that's not a bad thing. It's just something we have to admit to. Admitting to it makes it feel better, I think. Yeah. So for me, I remember I do that Penny's open mic and I bomb and I'm like, well, I got to get to the kill to see how it feels. And I remember the night that I killed, um, a friend of mine was with me. We were at this place called Otto's Shrunken Head, uh, also kind of a low East Village grungy place. And I, you know, with whatever shit I had, I murdered. I had a great set, and it was a five-minute open mic, and I looked at my buddy who came with me that night because it was a late late night open mic, and he goes, dude. And I was like, dude, that was crazy. And, he was like, and I was like, let's go party. And we go out. Like, we got to keep, the, we got this rush. We got to keep going. And we go out and have fun. He was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. And uh, that I was like, yeah, I got to keep, I got I to gotta get that, you know? So every night is kind of a, you know, with material, it's a pursuit of like every joke being like, boom, 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 you know, like and getting people to, you know, want to pee their pants, you know, 
I think it's so cool though that you are aware that uh, if you lost passion, it seems like you'd be okay with. Uh, you want to chase this because you're passionate about. It. You're not doing it because you think other people will like it, but you hate it. Yeah, well, that, that's also the beauty of doing a lot of things. Like, that's the beauty of having a podcast. Like, I you give especially the pandemic. It makes you kind of like they everything shut down for stand up, mm. and I kind of leaned on the podcast and putting out content on the internet and stuff like that and seeing how I could help people in that way. And I was very lucky that I had all these things already set up mm, going into the pandemic. going into the pandemic. I had this like comedy mutual fund, so to speak. Yeah. I had all these little projects. And what it taught me is, again, I'm at the point right now where I need to start figuring out what, you know, you're, you, you have a cup full of energy. Where am I going to pour it into each cup? You know, like how much energy can I put into each thing? And that's where I'm at now because I do, I want to be great at stand up. I don't want to be good. I, I want to be great at podcasting. I don't want it to be an okay show. And I walk away from some tapings. I go, Jared, you, that, was, uh, that ain't it. You didn't go into it prepared. You didn't go into it great. You didn't do the things you have to do. And that feels even worse than killing feels good now. Yeah. You know? So that's such a good point. Wow. Yeah. So talking about being like a public, you say everybody's a public person, yeah. everybody's on social media, unless you're not. But uh, you, I feel like, are obviously more, you're putting a lot of, I guess, you know, with You Up Podcast, J Train, you are putting out a lot of like personal life stories yeah. and things. Yeah. Uh, is that weird to you? Do you feel like, I mean, it's got to be a vulnerable thing. For me, doing this, it's weird. Because I'm not even sharing that much about me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm usually the guy behind the camera. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So what, how, did you have to learn how to feel comfortable sharing? You make mistakes because you can share. I, everything I share is about me. I'm not looking to hurt anyone in my life. That's never my goal. I'm not looking to talk about the person I date. You know, like, that's not yeah. what it's about. Um... Those those podcasts do exist, you know, like, um, but for me, how do I take something, you know, what I, I think is a strength for me, but it's hard to do is make something personal, but also not, you know, where it's about me and not about, you know, I, listen, I went through a breakup. You have to say, I, I knew I had to talk about that because I talked about being in a relationship on the podcast and then you have to talk, how do you talk about not being in one anymore and how do you do that respectfully and that's all really hard it's emotional bumper cars like because you're figuring it out on the fly so it's um it's uh that's hard and you know it's even like <laughs> it's funny because you were like we're already taping so like i was thinking i'm like okay did i was i protecting the innocent <laughs> you know <laughs> like in the beginning you know you go um and because you i'm not saying i'm a different person off you know we, we were hanging out before but I'm thinking through my words more here. Yes. To make sure that I'm being funny, appropriate, uh, you know, respectful, you know, those things. I think it's cool that you get this channel to be vulnerable, though, because while uh, you get to talk through things in your own personal life, like, for example, when I first started listening to You Up, which I want to ask you about this dating advice podcast, mm -hmm. I had just been dumped. Mm -hmm. And I was driving this empty van, non converted, to Colorado to get it converted. Wow. Like two days, I, I I invited my girlfriend to go with me to Colorado. Let's get this van converted. We'll go to Colorado, make a road trip out of it. Sure. I get dumped. And I think I had listened to like one episode of You Up. And then I was like, I really like that show. I want to listen to that again. And I'm going to mm. be on this road trip. I was like, do I want to listen to a dating podcast two days after getting dumped? <laughs> Absolutely not. And I put it on just like feeling really sad. And then I, that's all I listened to on the way there because it felt 
so good to hear that you're not the only one going through totally this stuff. And um, I think that comes from the people that email you guys asking mm -hmm. for advice, but also um, from you and Jordana talking about your own personal experiences. And now you do the the paid you up with benefits that I listen to. Mm -hmm. and I almost feel weird because I'm like, oh man, I know all this <laughs> stuff about Jared. I feel weird. But uh, no, it's cool that you get to help people as well as be really hilarious. Well, you know, it, it is, I never intended it to be that. You know, like I was like, let's have fun talking about dating. You know, like, and then people say that to me a lot and I appreciate it. And, you know, you, with the podcast, you don't know when it hits people. You know, some some people are like, yeah, I'm married and I just like hearing the stories. And I've been married for 20 years and it's cool to kind of hear what people are going through. Yeah. And then some people are like, I, it was given to me at a, during a breakup and a friend of mine sent me one episode. And then, you know, everything you're saying, and I totally appreciate all versions of it. Um, I think the power, the thing that Jordan and I do really well is we take all customers. So mm. nobody's dumb. Nobody's going through something that like is stupid. And every story we, we unpack it, you know, it's, it's hard because if you go to your friends, they go, Oh, that's stupid. Dump them. Or they go, Oh, that's stupid. Get over it. It's like, well, no, let's talk about like, let's really unpack what makes a bad texter or what may, or why they said these specific words. So I think people enjoy that because if we just said dump them, there's no podcast. You know? Yeah, like, that's no true. Show. And there probably are shows like that. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I think it is interesting to talk about. I think it is interesting. Why does he watch all my stories? I don't know. Mm. I'm watching all everyone's stories too. Yeah. I, you know, so it's relatable. It's, it's so relatable. relatable. And it, obviously I'm cracking up. It's not just good advice. Oh, totally. You get yeah. to show your your humorous side. It's so funny too. But the thing I've learned from doing you know the podcast for a long time is you kind of have to take the question seriously, and then you can be funny with it after. Mm. You know, if you don't take the question seriously, then no one wants to hear your fucking jokes. You know, like it's yeah. you have to like okay, let's read the email. Let's take this. It's e. It is the you have to look at the situation seriously while also being lighthearted in yourself. Can I ask you, uh, how did you get connected with Jordana and, and Betches and you? So I've been doing J Train podcast for close to nine or ten years, oh. and a, the um, I was introduced to Jordana and Sammy and Aileen, the Betches, um, because a friend, a guy who I was producing shows with, his sister went to college with them. Hmm. So it was like this kind of like Jewish geography type connection. And we ended up putting shows together for Betches. And then I, you know, I now I have their number and we're talking and I'm sending them tweets. Me and like, cause they, I'm like, hey, would love for you to post these. Again, what am I doing when I'm not doing stand up? I'm trying to find new people, find people who like my stuff, put stuff out there that people will think is funny that they'll share with their friends. And we kind of, you know, we always connected. You know, I, I felt like I, you know, Jordana, Sammy, and Aileen, I've known. I know I've known versions of them my whole life. Like I, they, I know them. Like we just kind of felt like it was a good, and they've always been so good to me. Always responding my texts, and then I had them on my podcast, and I was like, "How great would that be? Like, let's get their point of view on dating." Their their episodes always did well, and then they were like, "We want to start a podcast." I was like, "I'll." I sent one email, like hooking them up with production people, and then they started their own podcast. And then one day they were like, "Hey, we want to do a dating one with you and like the male female perspective. We're going to start our own podcast kind of thing here." And I was like, "Great, let's do it." And you know, J Train Podcast 
I always was like, how do I find female listeners? I think this is because men, you know, their questions were awful. It was always like, I met this chick, how do we get laid? You know, like it's like, it's, not, it's very yeah. simple. Yeah. The women that wrote in were always so good, like always depthy, always like had really great questions. And, you know, podcasts were kind of a male thing when I first started. There was sports, you know, news. It was just, and then I remember when, um, what's the podcast? Serial. Oh, yeah. Serial came out, murder mystery. Women started listening. That's when women started really getting into podcasts. Then there were more murder mysteries. And then I started going on like female driven shows. They're talking about dating. Then I would get brought on as a guest. Hey, what do you think about dating? Then I'm talking about my thing and they would end up coming over. And then when we do you up, you know, you're at the center of the, you know, Betches is a, is a mar is a major media, you know, company. And, but that sir, it's, it's, they have a huge female, de you know, listener, uh, viewership, readership, whatever it was. Yeah. So now I'm in the center of the bullseye with, and we're talking about dating and, it was just kind of a perfect match. And, you know, Jordana's like a perfect co-host because we banter off each other. She doesn't let me get away with but she also doesn't make me this evil, gross soul. When sometimes some of these subjects can get icky and gross. Absolutely. But in all all these situations, there's nuance and you get to kind of, you know, like push back and say, well, what about this angle to this person's dating question when yeah. they're just looking for you to maybe side with them and... uh you get to be that uh, devil's advocate uh, for the the person who's not writing in sometimes. Uh, oh yeah, well that's a big thing too. Like I, you know, sometimes, it, it, and that's it. This is goes back to what are the rules? Be a good person. You know, it's hard to be to be uh, so honest that it hurts. I can be more honest on the podcast than maybe someone you're dating can be. Yeah, because the person you're dating has to look you in the eye and they like you and they care about you. And how do you tell someone I think you're attractive, but I don't want to marry you? Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. And because we don't live in, you know, <laughs> you know, a time, you know, we're past the time where, oh, <laughs> staying single, are you? You know, like we're past that. You know, you're allowed to date. You're allowed to meet new people. You're allowed to go on the apps and. And you're allowed to break up, and you're allowed to get divorced, and you're allowed things are allowed to not work out in a way they weren't. Maybe they were frowned upon 50, 100 years. You know what I mean? And so if you're allowed to go out and date, and there's going to be these uncomfortable conversations that are tough to have. So I, I sometimes get put in the position of speaking for whoever that person is that they're emailing about. Well, I really enjoy it. Um, and I actually... It was an episode, I don't remember when, I heard it for the first time and you guys mentioned like, yeah, we have, a, you know, a huge female following. And mm. I was like, oh, I'm like the guy infiltrating the, the <laughs> intel. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I've benefited a lot from hearing these stories and I'm not in a relationship now, but it's like, I feel like I will be a better dater because of the advice that I hear via oh, you guys. Absolutely. I, I, I know we have men that listen. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think it's the perfect podcast to share with your spouse girlfriend boyfriend whoever your partner is because we get the we get the ball moving on conversations what do you think about that now you're not like you're not looking at your girlfriend or boyfriend and going well what do you think about you know that red flag deal breaker or that sex story have you ever had that happen to you it is a perfect podcast for starting conversations with your partner that you might not have ever had and i that i love like that i'm like yes cuz i you know, when you go on a road trip with your girlfriend, 
stop the podcast. What do, let's let's have our we'll be Jared and Jordana, you know. And I think that's fun and good for relationships. So utilizing all these experiences that you've had, the podcasts you do, uh, and you're doing full time travel, stand up comedy. Yeah. It's so sick that you get to do that uh, and make people laugh and, and be happy. What's your biggest source of of gathering content that you're going to use on stage? Is it from podcasts? Is it from people's emails? It, is it just life? It's life. It's a lot of it lately has been family and trying to figure out what I want in a relationship. Mm. And that's really what I've been talking about. I, you know, pandemic made jokes easier for me um, because everyone was going through the pandemic at the same time. So I can go up and talk about, you know, I did a whole stand-up special about 2020. And it's really hilarious. Thank you. Socially and distanced. The socially, di- yeah, that, yeah, of course. So <laughs> that was all material that I was like, this is happening at everybody. And at the time, it was easier to tell because we're all on the same page. It was like we were all going through something at the same time. So that's not generally the case with a stand-up crowd. You know, you go to a show, hey, I'm single. Okay, now half the remains single. You know? Yeah. You can go, hey, so coronavirus, everyone's going through it. What am I going through that someone else is going through or someone may have gone through or someone can understand? Like I talk a lot about food and body and weight issues on stage and that's something that like it's cool to connect with people because that's something I think about all the time. So like I talked about, I tell, I tell a story about eating late at night and like a guy last night came out to me and like we looked like exactly alike. And he goes, dude, the way you talked about eating at night, I can't tell you how much that connected with me. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's so cool. And you're doing it all over the place. You're getting to meet so many people. Yeah. Amazing thing. The travel's tough. I mean, I would like, I gotta, again, where do you pour that cup? Gotta get a van. Get a a driver. Dude, I, this is, this is, (laughs) I can't believe how comfortable this looks. Yeah, it's a little cozy, right? But, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm 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 a huge fan. Thank you. Um, okay, so I know we're limited on on time. You got a show sure. tonight. I'm super super excited for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, I've only been to one other comedy show before. What did you? Who'd you see? Well, it's like I would say half of a comedy show. Okay. Kind of. Uh, it was full. Uh, so I saw Creed Bratton actually from The Office. Come on. He was in was a musician. Like, yeah, he does like comedy music. It's really cool. Oh my god. Well, yeah. he was in a famous band, right? The Grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. Which so he? I didn't know he did shows. Yeah, he came through to my small town of five thousand people, and did a show. Was it fun? uh, Yeah, he's hilarious. You can probably find clips online. He's so funny, and he's he's like near eighty years old, and he's so sharp and is funny. Oh, I love that. He'll tell a story. He'll play a song. Um, But there was an his. Sorry to interrupt. His there's a YouTube flash cut of like all his best lines. If you want to like turn your day around, go watch that that YouTube. Like it's so <laughs> f- good. Yeah, he's um he's an incredible actor and musician too. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy who the the New York comedian actually who I had on my show mm. um did like uh know, 15, 20 minutes before Creed. Oh wow. And I was like I was think I was watching. I was like I've never seen a comedy show. I love I like you. Yeah. I I don't watch them all the time on Netflix. I've seen quite a few, but I'm not like uh, watching them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I haven't never seen a, a stand-up show before. And it was really awesome. And I went up to him after. I was like, hey, I have this van outside. Do you want to come on? <laughs> and he was like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, you just got to see it. Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, this will be the second show tonight. Love it. Super yeah. excited. You'll have to let me know what you think. <laughs> so, I, I can already okay. tell you. Yeah. Uh, um, the Tonight Show. Sure. 
You were on The Tonight Show. Yes. That's insane. It was pretty crazy. You mentioned a story on You Up, uh, I feel like a couple weeks ago, talking about how if you like hadn't gone out that night, like Tonight Show would have happened later, but talking about like how things fit into the right places and putting yourself in position to make good things happen for yourself. Can you tell us how that kind of came about? So I'll, I'll give you the the medium sized story of it. I two years ago before the pandemic, um, you know, like here's what happens. Someone tonight show, if you're going to do a stand up set on a late night show, there's bookers for that. And the bookers are around, you know, and sometimes if someone's going to do this, I hosted a lot at the comedy cellar in New York. I would host shows. And if a booker for the tonight show came around with someone who's doing it that week, they towed them around to all the shows and they would say, Jared, we got to do a five-minute spot with so-and-so. Can you bring them on? Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll fit them into the show. So I was aware, you know, you're aware oh, the booker's going to be here tonight. So maybe they see you, you know, and that's part of it too. Again, scout team. You know, think about like, here's your shot. Put it. So the booker for the Tonight Show was at the Comedy Cellar and I was hosting and I was on stage and I came off stage. They go, hey, so-and-so's doing the Tonight Show. Can you bring him on now? So I go to bring him on, and then I come off stage, and I'm told literally um, someone, they were like, yeah, he liked those two jokes. My my actual agent was there because they represented the person that I was bringing on stage that was going to do the Tonight Show. So the, my agent goes, he liked these two jokes. You, He said to build a set off of that. So I go, okay, good. So I have the two jokes that he liked, and I'm like, okay, now I'm in the game, you know? Again, scout team. Who's this guy? You know, so, um, so then I go and I spent like three months putting together a set, and then I sent it in, and they were like, "Okay, this is approved." I'm like, "Holy! Sh I'm gonna do the Tonight Show." They never gave me a date, so I'm like, "Okay, um, I'll just wait," you know. And then pandemic happens. No Tonight Show. Um, then they come back. There's no studio audience. They're not doing a stand up on the show anymore. And then we come back from the pandemic to the studio audience, and I send an email, hey, I'm ready to go. And they're like, everything's different now. You're out. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? You know? And I did shows in New York, and a fan of J Train podcast um, was at the show and brought their friends, and one of their friends happened to work at the show. And they were like, we got to get you on. And then, then that day, they're like, send in another set. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I sent another set, and they were like, you're back. And I'm like, I'm back where I was with no date, and all right. So, I, But I always send in, when they're like, hey, hey send us five minutes, that you because you got to send in for legal. They have to, like, approve uh, your language. Yeah. So I sent in ten minutes instead of five, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but here's ten minutes of material, and then I'll pick and choose. Gives me some freedom. Yeah. And again, that goes back to what we talked about. Like, if I was two years in putting out minute clips, no, no, no. I'm collecting material like acorns for, you know, for, you know, the hibernation. So I send in the 10 minutes and they're like, okay, this is approved. No date. So I'm just kind of waiting. And then they tell them, we, we emailed like a month later. Hey, we just want to check in. They're like, they're like, these six comics are ahead of you. Okay. Go back to my my thing. So I didn't really work. I, I knew the first three minutes of the set, but I wasn't sure the last two minutes. Mm. But I was like, again, I'm lazy. As I said, I'm a procrastinator. I was like, oh, around when, when they give me a date, I'll figure out the final two minutes. That'll, that'll get me on my, my, get on your horse, you know? 
And I get a call on a Tuesday night. I had just yelled at the Bachelorette. So it was Tuesday night, 1230 morning night, you know, from a number from L.A. And then I get a text from the manager of the comedy seller. Pick up your fucking phone. So then I call it back. Um, it's a booker. Hey, the guy who's supposed to do it tomorrow got COVID. Can you do it tomorrow? I'm like, holy sh Yeah, I can do it. Let's do it. I get out of bed. The manager from the seller, she's a good friend. Um, she's like, get here now and you'll do the set. You got one chance to do the set on a... That's how you practice. This is the thing about a van podcast. You right? never know you what's going to happen outside. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a lot of uh, sirens near my apartment. Oh. And sometimes people can't hear it. Oh, okay. No, they'll definitely hear. They'll this. hear this. Well, this is a van. <laughs> this is part of the van cast. This is the part of the the charm. Yeah, my first episode. There's a guy like leaf blowing outside. I was like, this is never gonna work ever. <laughs> but that's part of the experience. Yeah, this is what it's about. This is what people come and come to Nick's van cast. Yeah. So, so I get out of bed. I run to the comedy store. I live like five minutes away, and I go on stage at like one one thirty in the morning. You're ready for bed. I was in bed. <laughs> And I went on, Dave Attell is one of the greatest comedians alive. He's a legend and currently like one of the best comics alive. So he's on stage and he's a late night comic. Like he's a, you know, if you're at the comedy store late at night and Dave Attell pops on, you are getting the treat of your life. And so he's murdering, crushing. And then I'm like, okay, I gotta go do my clean five minutes for TV. So I go up and I bomb and I go home and I'm mad and I start writing out new jokes not new ones but like what other material do i have so i don't bomb this last two minutes i didn't i only have the first three i need five and i wake up in the morning i'm emailing the guy the booker being like hey can you push these through legal can you see if these work and he's like you got another day because we have a taped musical performance that we're going to put on at the end of this show and then you're going to do it on veterans day which is also taylor swift day here at the show so you're going to be on Taylor Swift's episode, which is our like biggest show of the year with all veterans in the audience. And I'm like, wow. So then that night I did eight spots at the comedy cellar. I did every show. They were like, you're on every show. And this is the beauty of like, you know, if you do the right work, you always have access to the things that will make things easier when they come up. So I was getting up at the cellar every single night. Any favor someone needed, I'm there. You, can you fill in? Sure. Can you host? Of course. That's been a decade of that. And can, hey, fit on this comic. They're working on their late night set. Sure, I'll get them on. I'll give them a good intro. I did right by everybody. And so it's really beautiful when it comes back. You know, when you go, I'm just, hey, it's tomorrow. And they go, you're on all show. You, you get the treatment, you know, that you gave to other people, which is special. And so I go on all the shows and I work on it and we figure out the ending. And um, the next day I went on the show and it was a true dream. The funniest part to me was my parents. I'm like, I call them. I'm like, hey, you got a day. Get down here. Come up to New York, you know, on uh, Thursday. My parents are like, okay, we're going to. I go, I, they're like, well, we're making our flights now. And I go, make your flights. You'll come in the morning. You'll leave at night. Good. And then I text him. I go, hey, you got to get a PCR test to go into 30 Rock. They don't let you in unless you had a PCR test. So here's all the info. They go, vaccinated not enough? And I go, no, it's not enough. You got to get the PCR test. My dad writes back, we'll watch on TV. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was funny. But um, yeah, and it was just, uh, it was perfect. And I never met Taylor Swift. 
she comes in with like a crew of she's like a parade float like she's got and <laughs> it's also taylor swift day it's not jared freed day you know so yeah, it's jared freed day to me to, to, yeah, to you. <laughs> and, um but um so there's a little element of that where like it was that was kind of fun and then after the show you know uh found jimmy Fallon's like the nicest you could be and he loved one of the jokes and that was just it and then you kind of just back at you know back at it you know and it's just a you know it to me it wasn't life's gonna change it was just this is just another thing you know this is a, a beautiful thing a validating thing a great thing but it's not i never if you're doing things for like again stand-up surprise i just want to go do stand-up i just want to keep working on it so it wasn't a it, it is frustrating because people were like so what came of it that that was the it, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and that's hard. It's a hard thing to answer because you're like nothing, but yeah. nothing but validation and feeling like this is a real career. You know, that that is that enough for you? You know, yeah, that's so, got to be so validating. That's amazing. Yeah, so. Because, yeah, doing this show, I'm like, yeah, if I had done one episode, I go, hey, Jared Fried, you want to do Van Vancast? You're like, what's Vancast? It's like you do this thing you're passionate about and then you get the the results from working hard and putting in that effort when nobody's, uh, you know, putting on the tonight show. No, but you, if you just saying to me, Hey, it helped me through my breakup. That's that. I got that. Yeah. You know, like that's a nice thing. I'm happy it could help, you know? So, and, or you made me laugh. Oh, I, I, I think you're funny. Those are all great things, yeah. you know? And so that's why it is so jarring when someone's so, you know, you get, I, I people who, Anyone that's in the internet game always talks about these, like, trolls. We should talk as much about the positive stuff as much, because 99% is positive. Yeah. There's that 1%, and that's why you talk about it, because it's like, it just, you're just like, I can't believe, what? You didn't get this? Everyone else got it but you? Yeah. You know, so. Well, I feel like a very proud parent when I saw you go on the Tonight <laughs> that, Show. That we, means a lot. We have a clip. All right, let's do it. Let's play this. All right, this is so professional. <laughs> I, I am so... I don't even know what an adult is anymore. I'm 36. I'm doing stuff I thought I would have grown up out of years ago. Every time I fly somewhere, I text my parents, landed. <laughs> you ever read that text back to yourself? You don't sound like a man. <laughs> landed. You sound like a spoiled prince. Mommy, put my jammies in the dryer. I prefer them warm with my milk and cookies. Tell Papa I'll be taking story time in my quarters. The Prince of Needham has landed. Like I said, proud parent. Right Thank there. you. And I and saw that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. It's, um, you know, it's cool because, uh, you know, then people go, Needham. Oh, sh you know, like, yeah. it's all fun. It's all like, uh, you know, it's just very cool. And, you, you know, nothing like your first time, you know. So, like, it, it, it's a great memory. Do you have any advice for people who uh, come to you and say, how do I get better at stand-up? Um, what do you tell people? It's so hard because you can see me disappointing them the minute I give them the advice. Like, I can see the dim, the, the, their soul die in their eyes. Because stand-up is, the, the advice is diet and exercise. Nobody wants to hear it. Like, mm. nobody wants to hear, oh, how do I lose weight? Diet and exercise. And then you go... Yeah, but what's, like, the thing? You know, like, what's going to make it go faster? And it's, like, stand-up, it's it's very simple. Get on stage, 
record your set, get off stage, listen to the recording, rewrite the parts that were funny, like write down the parts that were funny, take out the parts that got no laughs, or rewrite them, and then go on stage again. That's it. That's purely, it is, again, the most physical art form. You gotta get out of bed. You gotta go to the place. You gotta go to the open mic. You gotta sign up your name. You gotta wait behind the person screaming. It's, yeah. it's, um, and it's truly, uh, like you feel like Icarus, you know, pushing the boulder up the, up the mountain because every night I'm working on new bits. Every, there, there are bits that I know work. There's bits that I don't know will work. And I, you know, work through them and you gotta make them better and you're kind of trying to shine this diamond it's a muscle that's for sure mm -hmm. and you're um refining content all the time i'm sure and all jokes uh but at the same time your crowd work is amazing <laughs> Thank you. that's that's not something you can prepare specific no i got two for. i got two videos that alec uh is helping me with yeah and i love when crowd work works Ooh, it feels good but i you know again this goes back to when i started i considered like I made an investment in is I considered doing comedy like a uh, grad school. Like, I was like, I'm putting my money into grad school. So I went and did, I hired the guy that gave me advice, DC Benny. I took sketch class. I took improv, three levels of improv. Like, I, I didn't, you know, it was this. none of this is by mistake. Yeah. You know, what are the rules? Rules of improv. Improv is a very easy thing to teach because there's one rule. Yes, and. It's funnier to say yes, and than it is no, but. So... If you know that rule, and then you got to work on it. Again, the muscle. So I love when the crowd gets involved, but it's got to be fun. Sometimes it can't, it, it, it's a very, it's a tight wire act. Because, you know, last night there was a woman at the show, and she was just wooing, wooing. There's woo, woo, woo. And I go, and I kept going back to her, being like, your woos don't even make sense with what I'm saying. Like, and, and the whole crowd it. was on board. <laughs> so it was fun because the crowd yeah. was on my side. They're laughing at it. But you can't get mad. You can't get angry. It's, you have to have a lot of patience. Um, you have to, and sometimes you just don't have the patience. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it can, that can be difficult. I would think that if you're at a comedy show, you're you're there to have fun and be funny. Chardonnay Pam. Chardonnay Pam. That was yeah, hilarious. That was, uh, that, but that went <laughs> for so long. Then you have to be cognizant of the people in the crowd that are like, I don't want to hear from Chardonnay uh -oh. Pam anymore. I came to see a stand-up show. So you have to kind of, again, it's a, you truly are, driving this bus and you'll see tonight like yeah. and you gotta you gotta make sure you're keeping in control because there was a woman last night she the, the wooer and then there was another woman in the front that just kept screaming out and the wooer had its moment was fun the scream out person wasn't fun for the people around the scream out person and i could tell you can see on their face i go and i stopped the show i go listen this woman is going to have an aneurysm if you don't stop screaming out. It's not for me. Yeah. You know, you have to find a funny, polite way yeah. to tell someone to shut the f up. Right. You know, how, yeah, how do you say yeah. it nicely, you know? Yeah, it's the teacher reading to the class and, and saying to the, the kid goofing off, like, all right, we're just going to take a moment and wait for Johnny to yes. settle down. Exactly. You have to, <laughs> and it, as weird as it is, you're doing shows for adults that it comes back to children, you know? Yeah. I can't wait for tonight. Oh, I can't wait to have you. It's going to be pumped. awesome. You're the, I say this in all honesty, you're my favorite comedian. Oh, it's that's been way so too kind. Fun you haven't seen watch. me yet. You got to see the show. I just see your stuff online all the time. <laughs> I listen to your you. podcast. It's so weird. Like I said, it's like I feel like I knew you before. Listening to you two, three times a week for two years, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. I'm honestly really 
really happy Dude, you I did this. I love what you're doing. This is so cool. I, I, I'm truly impressed. I mean, thank you. And, and not just the van, the podcast. Thanks. This is a true operation. Like, People think because I do podcasts, I know how to do it. I don't know any of this. All this is <laughs> technical work in stuff. Progress. Yeah, no, I always had people helping me where I like. I was like, yeah. So th to me, you're doing a great job. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Come on anytime. Dude. I will. <laughs> uh, can you give us uh, dates, all the things, yeah, the shows? Just the... go to my Instagram at Jared Free. There's a link in my bio that takes you to my podcast. It takes you to my stand-up dates. I'm all you know. Again, San Francisco. I'll be here in March. Um, I love doing shows. In, I love doing shows in Sacramento. Be, you'll see tonight. Audiences here are very cool. Yeah. Like, and because they're with it, and they're also not. They don't want to be San Francisco here. Yeah, which is like a kind of a nice thing. They're like they don't want to be, you know the the too into every you know angry at everything all the time they're yeah. just like they're like a chill younger sibling that has like an eccentric older si sister <laughs> and you know like they're like ah oh, you know i get it yeah she likes to you know wear you know you know grass as instead of you know yeah. wool because it's mean to the sheep you know like <laughs> so they're just i i just like shows here and but San Francisco is a different beast. You know, you have to, how do I tame that beast? I remember I opened for my friend in San Francisco and um, I was the opener and you could just see how disappointed, again, back to Penny's open mic, they're like, oh, straight white dude with a loud opinion, f this. And then I remember I, I mentioned I was Jewish and you could feel them like feel better about it. Yeah, they're like, oh. and I was like, and I remember saying to them, did my people struggle enough to make the funnies? Is that okay with you? I can make jokes now? You know, so so that's again, you're figuring out yeah. these audiences of different that are very similar, but yeah. just have their own quirks. It's such a dynamic thing. You go across the country and you got to figure out that different beast. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's government towns. That's Sacramento. Mm. Uh, government towns are good towns for comedy. Okay. Usually. Government towns, D.C., Madison, Wisconsin, Sacramento. These are fun towns to do comedy. All capital towns, government towns. They have to deal with each other. They have to negotiate. They know that someone next to them might disagree with them politically completely. Mm. Okay? Then there's um, aspiration towns, New York, Miami, L.A. I'm here to dream. I'm here to make it. Okay? And then there's town towns. You know, the mom and dad have been here, and so was grandma and grandpa. And those are just insular, and they're very, don't make fun of us when we know we suck. <laughs> so, you know. What's your favorite then? Do you like one of those categories uh, the most? I, I, no, I have no yeah. preference. I just. Take them all. I take them all, but I. I, I don't know. I like the. It depends on the time of year too. I'd like to be in the town town. Yeah. When in, in the winter, when it's miserable, because those mm. people are usually like, you know, ready to a, laugh. Or... Yeah, they're they're they laugh and they they're used to putting on a coat and getting in the car and driving out in the snow. And I like those types of people. Um, aspirational towns is good for like, is good for like a Saturday night show. Like it's always going to be a good show on a Saturday. Night. Government towns are great because they're all knowledgeable about current events and they'll go with you they'll go you know like if you go to aspirational town is usually like 
a little bit more liberal and you're and like if you say something they disagree with no no we're done <laughs> you know there's a, that element yeah. of it yeah well i uh like i said i'm super excited tonight oh really quick speaking of hats i don't know if you know this or if you remember you gave me dating advice one time oh really yeah on the u app uh you and jordana did my uh, uh profile makeover oh sh- and uh the one thing you told me super helpful yeah i mean working on it you said um Post more pictures without hats. Yes. Don't hat fish. <laughs> hat fish. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that hurts to hear, but it's true. But I'm a hat it's guy, true. too. Yeah, well, you have beautiful hair. Well, thank I do you. Not. <laughs> no, but, I, but I was told, I mean, I remember doing open mics, and people were like, you wear a hat on stage all the time. I was like, yeah, like wearing a hat. I don't know. They were yeah. like, well, people think that if there's someone here to cast you, mm-hmm. they think you're... They want the headshot. They want to know what you, what it, what's going on here. Why yeah. the hat? You know, yeah. so, I mean... Women are casting you on dating apps. Yeah, that's a good point. I just got to embrace the statham as Jordana told me <laughs> because I've been freaking balding since high school. So, <laughs> well, you look great. You, you're a good looking dude. <laughs> I, you. I, I don't think you're, you're going to have Same. a problem. You're going to. Uh, a lot more action outside. Dude, uh, this happens. So, I w- the show's in like kind of a strip mall area. Uh-huh. It's bike night every Thursday here in Sacramento. Okay. So, literally, I, the last time I was here, or, the, or two times ago I was here, you go on stage and all you hear is. I have a video of it and I I'm gonna yeah. post it, but it's um, it was so annoying. And you were just on stage, just yeah. That's a bit now in itself. It's crazy. Look at you, so, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Freed, thank you. So stoked. Thanks for doing this. Um, it's a pleasure. I gotta I gotta steal your line from you. Yeah. Jaredfreed.com. Jaredfreed.com. <laughs> Everybody, check out Jared Freed. Thank you. And thanks for doing Nick's fancast. Thank you for the hat. This is amazing. Anytime, come back again and uh, talk to you soon. Later. Bro. <laughs>